Promotional consideration for Growing Greater Philadelphia provided by Citizens Bank, KPMG, and the General Building Contractors Association. This is the Growing Greater Philadelphia podcast, bringing you more of the interviews and stories from the Growing Greater Philadelphia radio program. Now, here is Matt Cabry. It's time for another edition of Growing Greater Philadelphia. Joining us today on this episode, we have Anthony Costelli. Anthony is part of the leadership team for the Safety Group, and we're also joined by Anthony's colleague. His name is Michael Arvanides. Michael, welcome to the program. Thank you. And Anthony, welcome to you as well. Thank you. It's very special because Anthony is born and raised right here in Philadelphia and is part of the leadership team for the Safety Group. And Anthony, I was hoping you could share with us a little bit more about, in short, what is the Safety Group? So the Safety Group is actually a company who has everything to offer from safety training, on-site safety audits, to full-time site safety management. We also have companies that we partnered up with that offer virtual reality training. Okay. That'll be in our 10- and 30-hour OSHA classes coming up. Um, We specialize in training, especially our 10-hour, 30-hour OSHA courses, construction industry, general industry, scaffolding, confined space, silica is another course that we're actually pushing that a lot of contractors really don't understand how bad that actually is. Right. You know, it's concrete dust clouds that these workers are breathing in. Okay. And it'll basically cause silicosis, which causes cancer. Okay. Um, They're calling it the next asbestosis. Oh, wow. Yes. So there's a lot for us to dive into there because I think our average listener, we have to help them appreciate the uniqueness of OSHA and silica and what some of those details mean. So I'm really looking forward to diving into part of the conversation. And the safety group is really about training, right? It's training individuals so that we ensure a safe workplace, especially in the construction industry. But I suspect it may bleed over to other industries as well. Is that fair to say, Michael? Correct. Um, you know, any volatile industry, heavy industry, but especially construction, it's uh, where we lose the most people in life and limb. Everybody has the right to uh, go home to their family after a hard day's work. And us at the safety group, we want to make sure that we train people. can't prevent every accident, but most of them you can prevent because of negligence if people are properly trained. And that's what we're, uh, we're out to do. We came to Philadelphia in 2015 as subject matter experts after the Market Street collapse for the Salvation Army building. Uh, Seven people died, unfortunately. And there were some regulation changes in in Philadelphia, and we wanted to make a presence and provide our services. And we've been doing that now for... um, Three years, yeah. And uh, Anthony is a, a local expert and a trainer, and we wanted to make sure that we had people that were born and raised in Philly that can uh, help us uh, navigate uh, the city and make sure that we offer our services to not just contractors and construction developers, but uh, but everybody. It's really smart, and and I can tell that the team at the safety group is really dedicated because you can't be successful unless you actually have people on the ground representing your organization. And to your point, Michael, it unfortunately oftentimes takes a tragedy to rally change for the better to ensure that these kinds of situations don't occur again, or at the very least, minimize the risk. 
so that they are not reoccurring. And one of the things I'd love to dive into a little bit, Anthony, from your view, being a native Philadelphian and working in this space of not only safety, but also the construction industry and industries that do present risk in general. While sometimes it's required, obviously, to have certain folks trained, there's a lot more that goes into it from a an efficiency perspective. So you have to make sure that safe work environments are producing results that are on time and on budget. And the safety component is all part of that. And I was hoping you could expand on that a little bit. Absolutely. So if you have a company that's proactive in the safety industry, you're going to see a lot less incidents and a lot less accidents. When you have an accident on a job, you're going to lose time on the job. You're going to cost the contractor money. It's going to have workman's comp claims go up. Their EMR is going to go up. So yeah, so when you introduce and delineate safety into a job site, you actually see a more proactive environment. The workers are more involved in the work that they're doing. You don't have to worry about another worker working above you, you know, without being trained in fall protection. You don't have to worry about workers not knowing the requirements. So safety has a big part to play in uh, in the construction industry. Absolutely. And I suspect there's a lot of teamwork going on there, too, because I, I can imagine I as a kid, I actually worked in a construction site as well. And I ran a jackhammer and uh, and worked a compressor and, and we were part of a team. And, and when you know that your colleagues around you are trained, you actually feel so much better and you're much more engaged, you're much more aware, and you know they are as well. So everybody's yeah. kind of got everybody's back. So I like to call it exactly what you said, like a team. Yeah. So you have a football team, right? Yep. Team gets a penalty, referee throws a flag. Yep. The whole team gets penalized. Yep. Well, you have a team, a guy gets injured, now the whole company is penalized. It's very mission specific too. When you're building a building, um, you know, everyone has a goal to get that topped off and get that building completed. So you find a lot of veterans on job sites because they are mission driven and the construction industry is uh, very open to that. And, you know, if you can build a bridge in Fallujah, you can build a bridge in Philadelphia. Sure. That's, you know, that's one of the reasons you'll see a lot of veterans on job sites. But the whole, as you said, the whole team is very focused on making sure that they get that, that project completed and then they move on to the next job. Yeah. And there's a lot of camaraderie to your point absolutely yeah and you know when somebody gets hurt on the team that drags down morale on the entire site and as anthony said that also costs money and time but mostly you know uh saving lives is is what we do and uh i feel very good about it i feel like uh People have to invest in their employees, and that's part of their capital is uh, their labor and their people that they have working for them. So if they make sure that they get to go home at the end of the day, those people work harder for your company. Yeah, that right. makes sense. It starts from the top management down. I mean, if, if the managers and you know the owners and the, the VPs are involved and it trickles down to you know the foreman, the supervisor, it'll get to the workers and then it'll then get into uh, you create a safety culture right yeah, exactly that makes perfect sense so let's go back uh, actually anthony to what i guess i would call a safety group 101 question a lot of people use this kind of acronym or this term of osha what is osha what's that stand for and, and who are they so osha stands for the occupational safety and health administration so their basic job is to go out on job sites and make sure that they're being done safely gotcha and making it's, it's, sure the guy who came to work that day, goes home safely right. and alive. Yeah. 
and that uninjured. Same, and yeah. uninjured as well. Yes. Makes sense. And it's a federal agency, correct? It is. It, Created that's correct. Uh, by President Nixon in 1971. And since then, uh, job site deaths have plummeted. It's mm-hmm. a way to keep workers safe and make sure they get to go home. So it's had good impact, clearly. Yes. Yeah. And I think it makes sense. And I have to say, unfortunately, we typically don't hear about OSHA until there's some sort of violation or, unfortunately, an injury. But a lot of times it's a violation that's intended to prevent an accident or an injury or a death on a work site. Correct. Right. That's why we're looking for more companies to be proactive and not reactive. Don't wait for an incident to happen. Be proactive. Call someone like the safety group. Get your guys trained. Get them efficient. Make sure they know what they're doing. Yep. Don't just send the guy out there on his first day, have him run into a jackhammer, like you said earlier. <laughs> yeah. And next thing you know, he's got his foot or his toe cut off. Yeah, right. You know, right. Let's have proactive companies come out there. Let the safety group train the women and men in the industry and make them competent in the job that they're doing. Yeah. And Anthony, I guess my real question centers on how's business? I mean, I know OSHA required training is just that required, but that doesn't always happen. And to your point, we want businesses to be proactive in reaching out to the safety group to get this training. Is that yeah. happening more and more? Is it a difficult environment or yeah. is it is it natural? It comes natural. I mean, today we had a 30-hour OSHA class going on, start time, 8 a.m., and, you know, the guys were in the class. We were talking about different aspects of safety on the job. Last week, we had a 10-hour OSHA class with a, a law firm. It's going to be the first law firm that all their employees are OSHA trained. Wow. And I'm intrigued by that. Share with us a little bit more about what's the motivation for a professional services firm, like a law firm, wanting to go through OSHA-required training with folks like you at the safety group. So, for example, if someone's injured on a job site, mm-hmm. in the Philadelphia, there's a law states now you have to have a 10-hour OSHA car to work on a job site. Okay. So now these lawyers will now be able to do a risk analysis or a risk investigation because mm-hmm. they have a 10-hour OSHA card. And as part of that investigation, they can now go on the site, represent their client, yes, get more information in order to better prepare for the case where before they couldn't actually access the site because they weren't OSHA trained appropriately to access that property. Right. That yeah. and um, they want more knowledge of what OSHA actually is about. So that was sort of a different class um, when I actually taught it because I have a lot more questions to answer because they wanted to know more about the regulations. They wanted to know more about the book because when they go into the courtroom, they have to now answer to another lawyer, their person that they're representing. Gotcha. So it was a totally different class than teaching a company's employees. Rather, now I'm teaching, you know, 10 lawyers on the subjects of fault protection, excavation, confined space. And excavations, actually, we've seen a spike in excavation injuries and deaths um, this past two years, yes. And is that because there's just more excavation work going on, or is there something more to it? Yeah, well, there's a lot of work being done right now in the Philadelphia area, so a lot more digging's going on. Yeah, Drive down any street in Philadelphia, you're going to see the cranes uh, going up. It's a great thing for the Sixth Borough. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you've got a lot of construction going on, and you'll see more developers coming in, and that opens up opportunities. For instance, the safety group has a lot of at-risk youth and anti-incarceration initiatives going on where we mm-hmm. bring in people who uh, who may have gotten off the path, and we give them an opportunity to work in the construction industry safely, and mm-hmm. that opens up a, uh, a new door for economic development for them. 
Yeah, absolutely. So we're talking with folks at the safety group. And the safety group, they're really an industry leader in occupational risk mitigation and compliance, not only in the construction industry, but also in the energy industry as well. And we're really privileged to have Michael Arvanades with us from the safety group, as well as Anthony Castelli from the safety group. You heard a moment ago from Michael, he referenced the sixth borough, and he was kind of joking because he's actually a New York. Yorker. And the territory for the safety group goes beyond just Philadelphia. And uh, Michael was telling me he really is thrilled when he gets the chance to come down to Philadelphia. It's his favorite borough. Absolutely. Uh, we actually like to think it the other way around, Michael. We like to think that New York benefits from being so close to Philadelphia. And we do, I got to tell you. We really do. <laughs> so, Michael, you actually lead the safety group's unit for training. It's, it's called United Safety Academy. Correct. And I wanted to talk a little bit more about that ongoing education because it's really, and you touched on this a moment ago, it's really about developing not only a workforce, but an ongoing education initiative that you host these training programs for folks who have been in the business for 30 years or for three years. And I was hoping you could talk with us a little bit more about where you hold some of these classes because it's about career readiness, but it's also about continuing education. Certainly. Well, in Philadelphia, we have our office and academy at 38 Jackson Street, right in front in Jackson. Okay. So we're right across from the piers. We're uh, not too far from the sports complex and uh, around the corner from the Philadelphia produce market. So there's a lot of heavy industry going on right in the neighborhood that can be accessible to anyone who lives in Philadelphia, but certainly the people from South Philly like Anthony, but it's open to everyone who uh, lives in the city or even outside. But the idea is to make sure that people can build their own city, you know, can rebuild their own city. There's a civic pride there. You know, I built that building. I helped build that bridge. You're going to see a lot less incidents of uh, vandalism. And uh, if you have people that are take a pride in what they do and, and their city that they help build. Sure. And your team partners with certain folks in that workforce development space, folks that, you know, I have a couple names listed here, but I was hoping you could tell us a little bit more about Workforce Institute and Strive and Building 21. What are those groups? Well, they're mostly for at-risk youth. Mm -hmm. We take them from a high school, or if they're not in school or at work right now, they're considered at-risk, and uh, develop their skills, their safety skills, so that they can access the construction industry. Other industries as well, but mostly the construction industry. We're doing the utility Utilities as well, and Anthony can speak to some of the the combinations that we've got with both Strive and Building Twenty One. But it's an opportunity for youth. We need a workforce. The construction industry is graying or growing older. Sure, you know, try to find a plumber in twenty years. Uh, it's, yeah, uh, it's going to be difficult. But if uh, they make a very good salary, there's the stigmatism of people that are in the, the construction and development industry. Uh, you know, you're supposed to go to, to college, and I got to tell you, I, uh, friends of mine that are plumbers are making more money than than people who went to college. Yeah, no, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. That's that's, that's true. Yeah, that's and, and that's. Spirit, you know, of workforce development, and I know this is a topic that's important not only to the industry, but it's also important to your team at the safety group, and that is diversity uh, in terms of ethnicity as well as gender. And Anthony, can you share with us a little bit more about how we're seeing more, not just youth, but m folks coming from different walks of life, including it's not just a guy's industry anymore. So, teach it at Building Twenty One High School. We have this past year, we had about four women in our class room so we had a total of about 25 students okay. um, four women yeah not everyone wants to go to college after they graduate high school and a great industry to get into is the trades 
Sure. And like Michael said, you could make a great living. Yeah. I mean, you have apprentices starting out at $20 an hour. Yeah. When they graduate their apprenticeship, you're almost at $40, $50 an hour. I mean, yeah. you're close to six figures when you're through your four-year apprenticeship. Yeah. It's a great trade to get into. And we're, we need more contractors right. to get into this industry. It's a dying trade. Right. This construction trade. Yeah. And we want these youths to get into the industry and learn the profession. And Michael, are we seeing this evolve? You know, a classroom today that has 21 males and four females, is that changing over time, increasing, decreasing, staying about the same? No, uh, uh, women in the industry have definitely increased. Our director of, of construction is actually a female, Michelle Calgino. She's wonderful. She worked for the buildings department for many years and is now helping us out, telling developers if they're, you know, they might be up for violations and leading our training initiatives and curriculum so that we're safer. There's a lot more women getting involved in the trades and a lot of the unions and trades that might have been closed off in the past to, uh, to people from different communities are now opening up because they realize that there is, like I said earlier, the graying of the industry and that we have to bring in new people. It's a way that you can not only make a, a decent living and put food on the table, but also you can uh, help build your own house. Uh, you can yeah, uh, right. uh, save mm-hmm. your own money by uh, by working on trades for yourself and your yeah. friends. And not only your own house, and I think you mentioned this before, but your own community. Mm-hmm. You can actually have an impact in transforming your community into a better place to live for your own family and for your neighbors and your friends and, and really bring about those enhancements that may be lacking. I drove by uh, Comcast 1, Comcast 2, every day i was yeah. part of building them two buildings yeah you know i was a first year apprentice as a carpenter yeah so I, I feel great driving by them buildings seeing them the highest buildings in the air of philadelphia yeah i've been part of building that building yeah what great satisfaction you must feel knowing that absolutely and, and, and your teams are literally building the future of greater philadelphia but i also love your role at the safety group because now you're creating safer work environments for these folks as well which is if not more important, it's certainly equally important to because you're not going to have workplaces with talented tradesmen and women unless they're safe. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why we're getting into the technology space, um, especially with younger people. Uh, yeah. Millennials, they're more tactile learners. They learn by doing as opposed to the virtual reality has allowed us to sort of access younger people and put you in virtual danger before you're in actual danger. I'm glad you mentioned that, actually, Michael, because I wanted to come to the cutting edge business kind of approach, especially for young people who are so tech savvy today. Share with us a little bit more about some of the the mobile apps and virtual reality kind of training sure. and the, you know the 360 cameras and that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, the construction industry is very technology driven now. I, I think people still think of it as uh, Fred Flintstone on a brontosaurus. The, yeah, uh, now you're um, showing your age. <laughs> the um, none of the young people you're teaching may know who Fred Flintstone is. By so the way, they, uh, <laughs> so we're we're using all types of technology, virtual reality training that yeah. can put you in danger. Um, you know, so that you get the sense of what you're going to be doing in a volatile industry and that the um, you understand why you have to have this safety training. And the 3D scanning allows you to work in the environments and we can uh, make sure that we scan so you'll you'll be driving a forklift specifically through the warehouse that that you're going to be working in or you're going to be walking the construction site that you're going to be working on um, and it allows people to become familiar and the more familiarity you have with the area the, the more safe you are. Yeah. And then uh, we have several worker apps and um, it allows for a digital 
a locker where you can get all your certifications, where a worker can get basically points and badges and see how they can be more safe. And the safer you are, the more marketable you are as a worker. Absolutely. And I, and I love that that kind of virtual reality approach in part because, and you guys know best, you learn from doing. Absolutely. But you have to be able to do it in a way that's safe. And those nerves of doing it for the first time, operating heavy equipment or other kinds of materials on a construction site can be really nerve-wracking. And that can, in itself, cause, cause, an accident. cause accidents, right? right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, putting you 40 stories up on a building uh, on an 8-inch I-beam, uh, you'll learn if you have vertigo or not. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, let's do it in a virtual reality yeah. environment instead of a real environment. Correct. Yeah, yep. yeah. I want to come back a little bit to the partnerships and collaborations that the safety group has with the industry and with others in the educational environments as well. And talk a little bit about, you know, your liaison, if you will, with trade industries. And, you know, I know we talked earlier about OSHA, but you have to have, I would suspect, a really good relationship with the local OSHA team if there is such a thing. Yeah, so uh, we do have a very good relationship with uh, Region 3. Um, Nick DeJesse is the administrative coordinator for Region 3. We work very closely with uh, Nick DeJesse. So uh, there was an event that took place uh, about a month ago. There was a trench event uh, hosted by United Rentals. So the safety group took part in that event. Nick DeJesse sent me an email, said, hey, would you guys like to host this event along with United Rentals and Medtex? And we said, sure, no problem. Yeah. We came in, set up our virtual reality, gave some information about the safety group, and we had about 100, 110 people before 6 a.m. Wow. So you called it a trench Oh, well, it's actually a safety stand down. Okay. Excuse me. Yeah. So it's a safety stand down yeah. specifically about trench and excavation. Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. So when they have sort of a safety stand down, they have a two-hour topic, and they speak about the hazards and how you can fix the hazards mm-hmm. and information about that specific topic. Yeah, gotcha. So when you do a safety stand down on a topic like trench and excavation, are you actually building a trench or operating in a specific oh yeah you're you're down in there yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. so our 360 degree camera like mike was talking about we have a specific module that immerses you into an excavation so you put on an oculus and now you're inside a trench you could see the benching the sloping you could see you know the nine foot hole that you're actually in yeah and to see if you're scared or if you not scared but you know to see if you have, you know, the work ethic to yeah. to work in an actual excavation. Yeah, you kind of get your comfort level right. about you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And understanding the different types of soils and the different types of um, angles that need to be created in order for the trench to be safe and not collapse in on you. We've lost a lot of people uh, in trenching and excavation accidents. Right. We lost a Philadelphia native, a plumber, last week because of an excavation. Mm. Wow. That's sad. Philadelphia plumber. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Share with us a little bit more about how you work with and through the industry. How do you connect with some of the um, companies that you do training with? Is it, uh, you know, are there trade associations you partner with, or how do you do that kind of outreach, if you so will? So, partnered up, well, we're actually involved with members of the BIA, the Building Industry Association, mm-hmm. obviously members of the GBCA. Gotcha. Um, we're, we're getting involved with more high schools and colleges as well to get oh, yeah. this safety you know into the uh the hands of the college student as well yeah. they want to take a construction course yeah. or construction management as as their degree path right so we want to get in there and and teach these college students you know 
the safety aspects of going and being a construction manager. Right. And I know this is going to sound obvious, but it all starts with safety. I mean, you can't yes. get into the construction industry without safety being first. the first thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know this might sound like a really silly question, Mike, for you, but how do you describe what you do to people who aren't familiar with the type of industry you work in? Well, I mean, that's an excellent question. Uh, the The beginning is you talk to them, it's a volatile industry. You know, most of the deaths that occur in workplaces occur in heavy industry, manufacturing, logistics, distribution, and construction, um, some utilities as well. So if you're going into those industries, you have to know that it's a volatile area to work underground or to work on uh, mega structures or to work on bridges. People have to be aware that there's, uh, there's a, a danger to what they're doing. There's also the, you know, these jobs have to be accomplished. We need bridges and roads and tunnels and pipelines but it's somebody has to do it and you just have to be careful about what you're doing and and know what you're doing and if you know what you're doing you're safe about it and you're properly trained then it can be a very lucrative industry to be and it can be a very rewarding industry to be in but um people have to realize that when they're driving by a work zone or when they're driving by a constructing industry that those people are risking their lives somewhat you know in that to build this uh this structure that is going to benefit the city or the developer and uh, people are going to work in that building or cross that bridge but they need to realize that there's a, they have to be good at what they do just like in every other industry it's just that the danger here is that instead of being fired you could lose a limb or your life yeah or worse that's right that's why safety is so important and mm-hmm. that's why your team at the safety group come in and, and help folks uh, pay attention to those kinds of basics folks we're talking with uh, anthony castelli and michael arvanides of uh, the safety group and anthony i have a question again it might sound a little silly but what do you love about your job waking up every day and knowing that i'm going to make a difference by teaching someone or some company the safety aspects of the construction industry that's what makes me wake up every day happy that keeps you going. That keeps me going. I like that. That's I great. noticed that if you wake up every day and you're not happy at your job, then that job's not for you. Right. I wake up every day, I'm happy at what I do. I'm happy to train people. I'm happy to go on a job site and pick out hazards and fix them. I'm happy to go on a job site full time and make sure that this job has no hazards on it to make sure that these workers will go home to their families every day. Shifting gears slightly, and I have this question for Michael as well, but uh, Anthony is native to greater Philadelphia, in fact, native to South Philadelphia. What are those special aspects of Philadelphia that stand out for you that when you have guests coming to visit or you're thinking about something to do with your family that you say, this is what I want to do and this is what's cool about greater Philadelphia for me and what I want to show people? So that's a good question. Um, In almost every class that I've taught in South Philadelphia, I've known at least one person in that class. And in South Philadelphia, everybody knows someone or someone's cousin or someone's cousin's husband. And that's a really big thing in the South Philadelphia area. Yeah, that sense of community and that sense of connection. Exactly. It's really great. We're always welcome in greater Philadelphia to, uh, or I should say we're always privileged and open to welcoming folks 
into Greater Philadelphia, which is why we're always welcoming Michael from New York to, uh, to come down to Philadelphia. I think he's actually thinking of moving here, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I might. But what, what is it for you, Michael, when you think about, I got I to gotta take a trip down from my office up in New York and, and oh, uh, I, visit I love, the Philadelphia site? I love when I get to come down to Philly. You got great yeah. restaurants, great people. Um, I can do without the sports teams, but uh, you know, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's an aid yeah. of New Yorker. What are you going to do? <laughs> that means we're doing something uh, right. You're doing something right. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, but the, uh, the people in the restaurants and just the, there's a real vibe here and, yeah. and you can see it in, uh, you can always tell with the construction industry, if there's lots of construction going on, there's economic development, there's vitality in a city that starts with the cranes and the, the construction and the new bridges. And, um, you'll see that if you see that in a city, that's a city on the rise and Philadelphia is on the rise. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good way to, to capture that because there, there is something special going on in greater Philadelphia right now. It's always been a special place, but like many urban areas, like many parts of our country and our world, there are bumps and there are dips and peaks and valleys. And for sure, greater Philadelphia and the city specifically is on a real peak right now. We and, got and cranes going up and the Eagles winning. Yeah. More than <laughs> yeah. You know, so our career paths actually take us down lots of different tracks and how we end up in the roles that we actually enjoy every day as part of our career can be really interesting and i'm really curious to both learn uh, from both anthony and from michael how did you guys end up doing what you're doing at the safety group so i started off as a uh, as a carpenter when i was uh, about 18 years old and um still a member of a uh, carpenters local philadelphia and i've seen friends family being injured so i was brought onto a project in limerick and they asked me to be the safety lead because of the certifications that i had so started seeing friends of mine um, that were trained now helping out their fellow worker. When I got back home, you know, start talking to, to my wife and thinking about, you know, I'm thinking about changing career paths. So now I'm here doing safety training for youths, adults, and it really brightens up your eyes. To It's a good feeling to, you know, train people and make them feel safe in the job that they're doing. I love that. I love that you kind of felt something. You yeah, know, you I, were exposed to it, and then you said, you know what? There's something in my gut that's telling me that's the right path for me. Right. I've seen guys getting hurt, guys getting injured, you know, and as that safety is put on top of you, mm-hmm. and then you start training other individuals, and then you see these injuries stopping or mm-hmm. declining, Right. and you go home, and then you start thinking about that, it really made me want to change my career that's and called, get right I, into safety. That's called impact. You're yes, having an impact, and I you did. can actually see it and feel it every day in what you do, and what, what a great feeling. Yep, yeah. and it made me become a member of the Board Certified Safety Professionals. I'm a certified safety professional, safety trained supervisor. It's so many credentials, they just go on and on. <laughs> yeah, it's, right, lots of initials really, after your name. Yeah, exactly, yeah, that's yes, great. yes. Michael, something tells me that you've had your eye on being part of the safety community since sixth grade. Uh, well, I, I got involved. Uh, I've worked in the city and state legislature for a long time, and I sort of became a uh, safety expert on legislation. The Staten Island ferry crash in 2003. I'm a native Staten Islander. We lost 11 people and 60 were injured. Rewrote a lot of the regulations there. And then the Deutsche Bank building fire happened. It was a building that was damaged on 9-11, and then a fire happened in it, and two firefighters actually lost their life because of the lack of fire safety in the building. And I was working at City Hall at the time. 
time, and uh, I was tasked with rewriting most of the fire code in New York City, and uh, that led itself into what I do now, which is impacting and trading those safety regulations that we put into place. And did you have a moment where you're like, okay, I'm here, and now I'm kind of dabbling in this area, and I think I want to dedicate myself full time? Well, I'd like to say I did. I didn't realize I was creating a job for myself at the time, but probably the best way to do it. But um, uh, I'd like to tell you I was that smart. But uh, no, at the time, I didn't realize that changing the requirements and uh, how we protected both firefighters and tenants of buildings and construction workers for uh, dealing with fire and torches uh, would lead to a career in safety. But uh, it did. And I'm glad it did, because it's it's something that I really look forward to, like Anthony was saying, uh, knowing that they may not know that you impacted their life or saved a life, but there are people out there I know that are alive right now and get to go home to their families because of what we do. Well, one question I want to ask to make sure we capture this if we can, if there is such a thing, and, and Michael, it's primarily for you, but but Anthony, feel free to chime in as well if there is a, a moment that really captures the spirit of what you and your team do at the safety group. Take me into the classroom and share with us a story about an experience you guys had in the classroom when teaching your program and, and, and the, the young people and the veterans in the industry, how to keep safety top of mind. So I had a student in my class, and um, he took our 30-hour OSHA class, got onto a job site, and um, his first week on the job site, he got his paycheck. He takes a picture of himself with the paycheck, sends it over to me from text, and yeah. his had a smile from ear to ear. Yeah. Because that class got him onto that job site. Right. Got him that job. Yep. And that just it makes your day. You're helping empower him to Absolutely. be a productive member of that team. And, and the community. And for himself and the community. Yes. That's right. That's a great story. Michael? Well, I, every class that I go into, I see, the, especially the, the kids, they're um, taking a, a new look at it, especially through our technology and the virtual reality and they're understanding what they're going to be doing on the job site. And you see their eyes open up and the cell phones go away and, you know, all the conversations stop. And they're actually trying to beat each other's scores, which we didn't realize was something that was going to happen with the virtual reality. We didn't know we were scoring it. Yeah, but, right. Uh, yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's just great to watch these young kids get involved in something that like anthony was saying is is going to be a career for them is going to help their family and help put food on the table and yeah. and like i said you know give them some sort of pride in and what they're doing and in the, the city that they're in philadelphia and new york and washington they're, they get to build their own city one of the things that caught my ear in the story you just shared michael uh is the technology that's available today and that you guys at the safety group are employing as part of your process makes it fun makes learning yeah competitive fun. Yeah. yeah very competitive, competitive fun engaging and it's not it's not this spirit of oh gosh i have to do this because it's required and it's all about you know boring stuff that you know you never think you're going to need until you actually need it but especially for a younger audience they may not appreciate the significance of that and the learning process using technology like virtual reality and other kinds of of technology allows them to see it through that lens as well so that's a really that's a really unique uh, approach and I will say too, you know, we're thrilled with our partnership here at Growing Greater Philadelphia with the General Building Contractors Association. I learn something new all the time when dealing with the GBCA team, and today's no exception. The safety group, I never even appreciated the level of engagement that your team is providing, not only in the classroom, but how that translates into the field and, and how it's creating that safer work environment and helping people live 
better lives and to make it home to their families every day. So thank you for what you guys do at the Safety Group, and thanks for being here with us on Growing Greater Philadelphia. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us as well. This segment of Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to us by the Commercial Banking Division of Citizens Bank. You know, the Citizens Bank team, they bring practical financial experience and deep industry expertise to each banking relationship. To learn how Citizens can help your company reach its full potential, visit citizensbank.com backslash commercial. And be sure to check out all of our podcasts at radio.com and tune in Friday mornings, 5 a.m. to Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thanks so much for listening to Growing Greater Philadelphia.